You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We are so glad that you are here with us today. Uh, As I mentioned, we're part of Rocket Sports Media, also part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, And so welcome if you found us through those fine folks. This is episode 249 of The Press Zone podcast. Pretty exciting. I am your host each and every week. I'm also the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined in the studio each and every week by my tremendous co-host. He's our founder, president, and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports, and he is Rick Stevens. Can you believe 249? You know what that makes next week, Rick? Uh, Would that be 250? 250 episodes of the Press Zone. Wow. That's crazy. Tremendous. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Are you are you in Florida with uh, the rest of the hockey world? Uh, no, I missed the um, the Rocket Sports Media charter flight. Apparently, see all the the reporters reporting in you know sandals on the beach and everybody there for the GM meetings this week, and of course the Canadians uh, taking a trip through Florida as well. Um, I'm going to recommend that maybe media shouldn't rub it in everybody else's faces. If they're <laughs> That's in exactly right. My um, my reaction yesterday with all of the live hits that you were seeing um, was, all right, you think it's all cute to do a, a live hit outdoors in your in the locale that you happen to be in and reporting from. So I am very much looking forward to the same kinds of live hits when the Canadians play in Winnipeg at the end of January next year. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. I mean, if we're, if, if this is now like, you know, if this is the weather report and Well, and it doesn't coverage. make people feel any better who are in parts of the country where it's still snowy, where it's still stormy. I know. Thunder Bay getting big storm on Wednesday after the enormous storm they had last week. It's, uh, yeah, here, even here in Pennsylvania, it's been below freezing the last couple of days and nights, um, which for the end of March is not typical. Uh, it's been frigid here. Um, yeah, like we know you're in Florida, like just go to the GM meetings and, and tell us what's going on. Quit rubbing it in our faces. (laughs) Oh, I digress. Uh, we have a great show for you though today, um, 
going to talk a bit about the Laval Rocket and get you up to date on how things are going with them. Uh, newly acquired Nate Schnarr uh, has now played a couple games with Laval. We're going to uh, give you a look at how that uh, new addition to the Rockets roster uh, is shaping up. Um, also spend a little bit of time talking about Jesse Ullinen, uh, who has been, of course, playing with the Canadians most recently. Uh, played a little bit for Laval last week, but also called up to the Montreal Canadiens. He's still with them. We're going to talk a bit about that and a, and a very special exclusive interview that uh, we had with Ulan and before his call up uh, that you're not going to want to miss. Um, and then, of course, uh, Justin Barron is another piece that was acquired on trade deadline day. He was able to make his Habs debut last week as well. So we're going to get you caught up on all of those kinds of things. And then in the second segment, uh, we're going to take a look at prospects outside of the pro game. Um, what's going on with the NCAA tournament? What's going on with Habs prospects who have been eliminated from the NCAA Frozen Four tournament? Um, you know, road leading up to the Frozen Four tournament, um, as well as get you all set for all of the Laval Rocket coverage we've got coming for you this coming week. Uh, it's a it's going to be a busy, busy uh, week ahead for Laval coverage, so we don't want you to miss a minute of it. Sounds great. Uh, so let's start with how Laval did last weekend, and you know, Rick, this was a this was an interesting one because, of course. Um, well, they played Wednesday night, but then they really they, they played against Belleville on Wednesday night. They actually ended up losing that game. But Friday and Saturday, uh, they were welcoming the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins to Place Bell. And this was kind of a, a, a little bit of a big deal because exactly two weeks prior to that, they traveled to play Lehigh Valley and Wilkes-Barre on back-to-back nights, and they lost both of those games in pretty tremendous fashion. The, the Phantoms game, they blew a lead late in the game. Phantoms came back and won and snapped their own six-game losing streak, and then the following night against Wilkes-Barre, it was just a complete blowout by the Penguins. And so this was going to be a bit of a test for for J.F. Uhl and his team to see how they could rebound from those two games against those same two teams two weeks later, but this time on home ice. And Mark, I have to say, a little bit of rest, being in your home environment, in your home rink with the fans cheering you on, um, obviously did the Laval Rocket pretty good, uh, winning in in style, 5-1 to one against the Phantoms on Friday night. Uh, Saturday, a bit tighter. It was a 5-3 win uh, against the Penguins. Uh, pretty nifty little game-winning goal by Nate Schnarr to make it 4-3 to three and then an empty netter. After that, uh, it was an exciting, uh, exciting weekend of games, I think, for Lobel. And a little bit of uh, feistiness to, to the oh, games. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lehigh Valley uh, took um, a fair share of penalties, uh, 29 minutes of penalties in that game, some mm-hmm. roughing calls and misconduct. Um, so, yeah, it was it was. Uh, there were some goals. There was uh, there was some fisticuffs and and uh, an entertaining game. Entertaining uh, games, both of them. Absolutely. Um, as I mentioned, Nate Schnarr with the game winning goal. It was a it was a it was a closer game with the Penguins, um, tied three three, and it was you know it was just kind of kind of a nail biter late in the game, and and Schnarr coming up with a big. I was actually very disappointed that. Um, you know, this was only Schnarr's first week with the organization, and he pots the game-winning goal, and he didn't even get a star on the night. I was a little disappointed about that. I thought that would have been a good gesture uh, for the guy who who potted your game-winner. But 
alas, that didn't happen. Um, but overall, his uh, specifically, actually, before I say that, I should mention, if you want a, a full look at who scored all of those, I mean, that's 10 goals over a 24 hour, less than 24 hour period. Uh, if you want to know how uh, all of that shook out and what those penalties were all about and, and who was scoring goals and what really went down in those games, then you want to be sure to visit AHLReport.com. Uh, click on our full game recaps. Um, Chris G was on the beat for uh, both of those games on Friday and Saturday. So full game report from from Chris, as well as post-game audio clips uh, with interviews after the game and stats and so forth. So be sure to check that out. But uh, Rick, really, it's, um, you know, three games for Nate Schnarr. When when I spoke to him last um, Wednesday morning, pregame, before his first game with Laval, he was very excited. He's, you know, familiar with Laval, of course, having uh, been a member of the Utica Comets, they're they're bitter North Division rivals, so he was, you know, familiar with the the tenacity and and the strength of play for Laval, and was excited to join the team, uh, and uh, just has so far um, he's he's been doing a great job in the top six for JF Uhl, uh has been rotated around a little bit, getting getting some different line mates, but on Saturday uh, when he had that particularly good game, uh, he had Yesse Ulanen. Uh, on a on a line with him as well as Kevin Kevin Roy Kevin Waugh. Uh So um, when asked after the game uh, about that game winning goal and and really just about what it was like, um, this was Laval's now getting back to having a full building and they were able to open the upper deck. There were close to eight thousand fans in the building and and here's what Nate Schnarr had to say about scoring that goal in a full plus bill. Um... I always struggle in moments like that to put words to it. Um, Obviously the crowd brought it tonight. Um, I think back-to-back games, it's tough to bring energy. And then you, you step on the ice and all of a sudden, like you said, the 8,000 fans are going insane. Um, So it brings the energy up for you. Um, And scoring that goal. um, I think you saw it on my face, the emotion that I had and uh, hearing the crowd's response was absolutely amazing. He was pumped after that goal. That was obvious. (laughs) And it was, as you said, it was a key goal, the game winner, um, obviously, uh, deserved the first star, a uh, little bit of, uh, an agenda in the, the star picking, uh, on that night. But, mm-hmm. um, talking about the, the fans, listen, Nate Schnarr has had a great season going before he arrived in Laval, mm-hmm. uh, playing in Utica and, uh, talk about energy, talk about emotion. That's one of the best buildings in uh, the AHL to play in. A little smaller than than uh, Plas Bell, but the energy in that building, uh, and then moving to uh, Laval Rocket and and getting into a full building um, and bringing the place alive with his with his goal, um, very meaningful. Um, having just arrived, only has only played three games, um, but looked really good um, in that game against Wilkes-Barre. He has. I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what he's able to bring uh, coming down the stretch here. Um, J.F. Uhl obviously also pleased so far with Nate Schnarr's work. Uh, our, our good friend and colleague and contributor here at Rocket Sports, Patrick Williams, uh, happened to also be on the, the post-game call uh, that Saturday after, after that goal. Um, and he asked J.F. just about, you know, really what Nate Schnarr, uh, f- from a coach's standpoint, is going to bring to his roster uh, coming down the stretch. And, and J.F. had some, some pretty... Um, optimistic and positive things to say about Nate Schnarr. Yeah, you know what? He's, he's he he uh, he played with Geniac and Martel, so 
he's got a little connection there. So they've been hanging out and he's here at the hotel and uh, uh, he seems like he fits in pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, he's, he's a pretty laid back guy. Mm -hmm. As far as the hockey side, you know, we tried different combinations uh, over the weekend to try to find some chemistry for him. And I'm um, real happy he scored tonight. And uh, Elo had two assists and Roy had a goal and assist. So that line was, uh, you know, produced for us tonight. Nate Schnarr is just 23 years old. He was a, a third round pick by Arizona in 2017. So um, he's, he's, he's not done developing yet. No. And, and uh, this could be an important pickup. Uh, by Laval for their playoff run. But we'll see if he's able to, uh, um, as the Canadians rebuild, uh, be a, a call-up from time to time in the next year or so. Absolutely. And as Ul said there, that line uh, certainly was clicking, was producing. Jesse Ullinen, as he said, had two assists on the night. Uh, he's mentioning there that... that um, Schnarr has some comfortability in the locker room because he's played pre in in on previous teams with Brandon Zignac and Danik Martel. So uh, it always helps to have familiar faces around. I had to laugh uh, at his first availability. He said that the day he got there, uh, Zignac had taken him out for dinner and Schnard joked. He said, I'm definitely going to have to learn some French so I can talk to the waitresses. <laughs> um, so it's a, a good sense of humor. It seems a good sense of humor. Uh, we're, we're excited to see how, how he continues to progress and help out. Um, we've mentioned Jesse Ulanen's name a, a, a couple of times. And I guess Rick, we should also clarify that um, we have it from on good authority. In fact, from, the horse's mouth. Uh, we had an exclusive interview with uh, Yesse Ulanen. Uh, some you will hear some people call him Yesse, uh, Yesse Ilanen, Yesse Yelonen. Uh, but we wanted to know from him what's the correct way to pronounce your name because everybody pretty much pronounces it differently. And so straight from the horse's mouth, it is Yesse Ulanen. Uh, and so. Just wanted to clarify that. But uh, after such a strong uh, week of, of play, and actually he's been, he's been performing well since the last time he got sent down from Montreal, uh, he got called back up to the Canadians on an emergency basis, so it doesn't count against those four recalls that the NHL team has now for the regular season after the trade deadline, um, and, and slotted right into a game um, right away on, on Sunday. Um, it was a little disappointing, Rick, to see where he was put into the lineup, but I thought he did. Uh, I thought he did pretty well. Well, he had a an assist on uh, an important goal, the Josh mm -hmm. Anderson goal that came just at the end of of uh, the Canadians' power play. They had they had put together nothing to that point. Uh, that was uh, thirty seven minutes into the game before they got their first goal, and it was uh, Ulanen's a one timer. Uh, that was deflected uh, in front of the net by Josh Anderson. So uh, picking up his second assist of the NHL season. Uh, and that's pretty exciting for him. I hope that uh, not that we d we hate to see injuries and we know that that there are other injuries that have taken place that have that caused his call up to happen. So not saying that we want those injuries to be long term, but I hope that he gets a, a chance to really showcase, you know, what he's worked on since the last time he was on a call up. Um, 
actually would like to take a moment to say uh, if you have not subscribed to the All Habs YouTube channel, I welcome you to do that now. You want to go to youtube.com slash All Habs um, because this past week on uh, Habs Hockey Report, I was very pleased. Uh, it was just It's just our fourth episode of Habs Hockey Report, our brand new weekly video series on the All Habs YouTube channel. And uh, this week, I was happy to invite my very first uh, special guest to the show, and that was one, the one and only Yesse Ulanin. He joined uh, for an exclusive one-on-one interview. And in fact, we're going to give you just a little sneak peek of it right now. You spent a couple of years while he was with the Coyotes, and then he also was with uh, Tampa Bay for a little while. I know that was really ear- early on in, in your first few years. Do you have any memory of, of that time, either in, in Phoenix or in Tampa, or just being around the NHL rinks with your dad? Uh, no, unfortunately, I, I don't remember anything. But uh, I've seen like a lot of pictures and uh, and like, but I, I don't remember it. But it uh, must have been nice growing up in that, that kind of uh, that kind of place. Well, uh, his hockey playing certainly didn't stop uh, when when he left the NHL. He had a storied career in the NHL, uh, an Olympic bronze medalist for Team Finland, a lot of accomplishments for your dad. What was it? Uh, what were your really your earliest memories of hockey in general? I would imagine it's back uh, back in Finland, but were were your earliest memories of of watching him play, or was it more when you started skating and and just hockey memories of yourself getting involved? Uh, I think it was like uh, watching watching uh, his games, and then uh, of course uh, I wanted to go skate, go skating too, and uh, that's how it started. And I was always watching his games, and then then uh, like playing at home with uh, some uh, like mini mini stick, and even uh, before I uh, I uh, skated yet. So it's been always a big part of my life. Now, was it uh, was it kind of destined that you would get uh, get into skates at the earliest possible moment? Did you did you start skating as soon as you could? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I don't even remember like first times I was skating, but uh, my mom said that like uh, I just watched those games and I wanted to go skating, and uh, I think I was around uh, uh, two two years old when I skated for the first time. So uh, it's hard to <laughs> hard to remember. <laughs> But you must have done pretty well. Uh, do you do you remember a point growing up uh, as you started to to progress through hockey? Do you remember a, a point where you you or maybe even your dad or your coaches started to kind of recognize that uh, you might be following in dad's footsteps and that you could you could really you had really something really special with your with your skill and talent and could really make a career out of it. Mm, well, I don't, I don't know. Like I was when I was younger, I uh, always just, just loved playing, and I didn't really. Of course, it was a dream, but I didn't really think think about being a pro player. But then, uh, as I grew older and uh, started to seeing that I'm uh, like compared to other other kids of the same age, I was uh, like decent player. So then I just started started uh, putting a lot of effort and. Uh, like I started doing even like off-ice stuff uh, as pretty, pretty young age. So it, it's been always like the pretty much the biggest, biggest and only only passion that uh, that I had when I I was growing up. And yeah, that's how how, how much of I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's hard to say uh, like one one moment when it happened. Like, but 
how much of an influence and, and how much did you, I, I don't like to use the word idolize, but how much did you really look up to your dad and, and want to, to be like him, whether it was on the ice or the way he carried himself off the ice as a teammate and, and things like that? Well, I think it's been all, always like, uh, well, I think for every, every kid, like their parents are uh, the people who they look up to, like, uh, especially with, uh, with boys, it's usually the dad. And, uh, just, uh, since I, I started playing hockey, like he's been always helping me. And I, of course, uh, uh, took all, all his advice cause I know what, uh, what he's done and how long he's been playing hockey and how much he knows about it. So. I think it's been like I brought. Uh, it could be that I uh, I would still play hockey even if my dad didn't play. But I don't know. I think that's the biggest reason why I started playing and uh, uh, why I uh, why I made it to made it to pro because I had someone uh, who can give me like uh, good advice. And uh, so, as a pretty young age, I always like knew what I have to have to do like uh, to practice. Uh, like practice well, eat, eat healthy food and that kind of stuff. Um, aside from your dad, were there, were there specific players growing up that you really looked up to? Did you have a, did you have a favorite Finnish player? Did you have a, a favorite player in the NHL that you, that you really just enjoyed to watch? Yeah, I think uh, as, as young age, it was always the players who played in the like national team of Finland, like Saku Koivu and Teemu Selän and I think they were like uh, like the idols for me and I wanted to be wanted to be like them. Rick, that is just a, just a small portion of the interview with Yesa. We had a more than 20-minute interview. Uh, you can view the entire thing over at the All Habs YouTube channel, youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, we go on to talk about uh, what he thinks Laval's playoff potential is like, uh, talk about both his NHL experience earlier this season and last year, scoring his first NHL goal, uh, talk a little bit about his game day routines and so forth and, and things that he wants to work on overall it was just a, a really um insightful and informative and pretty fun uh conversation with a young man who tends to be pretty modest and pretty humble uh and doesn't like to talk too much about himself uh, but he uh, he did a great job very modest to a fault uh he doesn't give himself enough credit but uh yes very down to earth and uh it was it was nice to hear um, the, the complete picture of him, his, his work on the ice and a little bit about uh, him off the ice as well. Absolutely. And that, that piece that we just heard just now, I mean, there's where he's talking about growing up with his dad, Yuha, who played in the NHL, who's got an Olympic bronze medal, talked about, you know, how much his dad influenced him and his game growing up and, and just all the guidance and everything. And of course, I'm sure that you liked hearing that one of his Finnish idols was Tamo Solani. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was surprised, though, that uh, he's not missing any of the uh, Finnish food um, that he, he left behind. Uh, no, we uh, that that comes a little later in the interview. And, uh, you know, 
was expecting to hear. I as well, I well, it's a reason to go to YouTube to hear the rest of the interview. That's right. I and as I said uh, jokingly to uh, our Mike Rashel in Slack, I said maybe he didn't want to be known as the guy who's missing the pickled herring. I don't know. So, <laughs> so go check that out at the All Habs YouTube channel, uh, and uh, we we certainly hope you subscribe. We will continue to bring you great interviews like that. Um, one of the things that he does talk about in there uh, that you will hear is is how much the current Laval coaching staff has has helped him uh, further his development and he and and I asked JF Ull later last week about something that Yesse had said in the interview which was that he felt that the coaches had a lot of passion to help him and his teammates and I asked Ull how important that was to him and his coaches that players understand that they're approaching their job with passion just like the players do and this is what he said. Well, I think it's important. It's, it's important to come to the rink and have fun. And, uh, you know, you wear the jersey with pride and, and, and you play with passion. I mean, if, if any of these players want to move up to the NHL, they need to do that. And, you know, I feel like our team, uh, you know, we have our ups and downs, but when we're on, we play with passion and we're hard to play against. And we pride ourselves into that. And our coaching staff, staff pride, prides ourselves. And, uh, um, you know, hopefully it... Uh, uh, Players remember that and they, they can improve and bring that with them wherever they go next. So, uh, yeah, for us, it's uh, it's very important to play with passion. So he talked about uh, playing with passion and and uh, that's maybe not that unusual. But uh, what uh, Ulanen was talking about was was the coaches and the passion that they bring to to coaching and what they do. Um, and and we've seen that um, in in talking with uh, J.F. Fool and and uh, how positive he likes to be, and he he reminds us every time he he speaks with us about um, uh, how he he likes to. If there is criticism, criticism, he likes to make sure that there's four or five bits of of positive uh, 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 talk as well. And and uh, so I I think I think that was really insightful and uh, and mature on on uh, Ulanen's part to to recognize that that's what the coaches are bringing. You know, uh, they they've they've had their careers in hockey, uh, but the passion hasn't left them. They still use it in a different way uh, while coaching. Absolutely, uh, and I, I think. Um Obviously, JF would not have have previously known that that Ulanen had had complimented the coaches in that way. Um, but it, I agree with you that it's it's great to see that at least uh, at least this particular player uh, really feels how serious uh, the coaching staff takes their job. Uh, one other uh, new addition that we saw at, in the Montreal lineup this week, Rick, was uh, another acquisition from the trade deadline, uh, Justin Barron making his debut. Fi- and I, I'm going to say finally, I was by the end of the week, I was getting a little um, agitated. Um, you know, this is a young man who's played plenty of games in the AHL this season for the Colorado Eagles. And so, OK, he gets traded. Just like Nate Schnarr got straight traded on Monday, Nate Schnarr is playing in the Laval Rocket lineup Wednesday night last week. Um, Justin Barron comes, he starts practicing, he doesn't play uh, the first uh, the first game. Okay, want want to get him acclimated a little more, but then like I think he sat in the press box for three games. Was it three or was it two? I, I can't even. I'm, I I may have lost track, but it was getting to the point where I was thinking if they don't get him 
into a game soon. Like, what are you waiting for? He could be playing games in Laval and, and staying fresh and so forth. So I was glad to see he finally got into the lineup uh, for his Habs debut. Uh, and Rick, I don't know about you, but I didn't think he looked tremendously out of place. Uh, he looked he looked very good. Uh, some nerves, and, and which he admitted to uh, post-game, that it took him a while to kind of calm down. Um, but he, he commended his, uh, his partner and that was Joel Edmondson for helping him to calm down and talking, Mm -hmm. talking him through that. And, and, uh, and once he did, I mean, playing with Edmondson, uh, he got an awful lot of ice time, almost 18 minutes, uh, and, and including, um, about two and a half minutes in, uh, overtime as well. He was out on a regular shift. Um, Alexander Romanoff, not sure what he did. He didn't see the ice in overtime, but ju- it was Justin Barron out there. And, um, when asked, Marty St. Louis said, um, have you heard? He's a first round pick. Um, Mar- Marty's no kidding. Uh, research is a little shallow. Um, uh, but he very impressed with him being a first round pick. Um, and, and I guess it's, it's because of his skating. He's an excellent skater. Yeah, that is. is Justin Barron, not known for skill, not known for his offensive prowess, uh, but a good distributor of the puck, and and, uh, he was able to do that in uh, overtime, Uh, although um, it didn't lead to uh, a goal uh, for the the Canadians. Uh, They ended up losing this one in a uh, seven round, I believe it was. Very ridiculous shootout. Yeah, shootout. (laughs) For sure. You know, um, the title of, of this week's episode really is, you know, it's it's time for the Habs next generation. And and these are the kinds of players that we've talked about in this segment that could be and will shape the future of the Montreal Canadiens. Rick, you mentioned, uh, who knows, Nate Schnarr is still young. He's, well, you know, he's still developing. Could he be a call-up piece, uh, a depth piece for the Canadians moving forward? That's yet to be seen. Yes, Ulanin, absolutely a piece of the next generation. I'd like to see him vie for a roster spot come training camp in September. Justin Barron is going to be right in there as well, uh, a top defensive prospect. Uh, You know, we've got uh, Ryan Paling looks to have solidified himself a, a roster position. Suzuki is still developing, but is solidifying his piece uh, his position as the top uh, center for the organization. And yes, Romanoff coming along. Uh, we've got, now is the time. We're going to see these guys get into the lineup. We want to see them playing more minutes at the NHL level. And uh, those who are still at the AHL level, the Vedamos, the Fair Brothers, when he's back from injury, um, you know, uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard, um, you know, any of the prospects that are that are in Laval are going to get great experience down the stretch here as they really uh, head into the playoffs and so forth. So these next, uh, you know, the next uh, six weeks to two months for this organization, I think, Rick, is going to be crucial to shaping the next generation of the Habs and really setting them up for success to go into the summer and come back ready to really compete and turn the page in September. It, it's a it's a time that uh, you know it, it was it's been a tough season. Fans were down, but it's this injection of youth that's provided some excitement, and uh, and and that should continue uh, over uh, less than twenty games now for for the Canadians and 
and uh, and and sets up nicely for the draft when the Canadians should be able to add uh, a couple more nice pieces. Absolutely, and we're excited to see how all of that is is going to go down for the remainder of the regular season for the uh-huh. NHL franchise and for uh, how far into the playoffs and how deep a playoff run could be for the Laval Rocket. It's going to be pretty exciting, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to hear uh, from our sponsors at DraftKings. They've got some great incentives right now for new users, so we want to be sure that you get that message and that promo code. Uh, So uh, we're going to take a quick break, let you hear that, and when we come back, we are going to talk about some of the prospects in the NCAA and what the latest is with them before getting you set up for Laval Rocket coverage at the AHL Report this coming week. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or over, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to The Press Zone, episode 249 of The Press Zone, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Want to be sure of a couple things. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, both at the AHL Report and at The Press Zone. Uh, It's the best place, uh, both of those accounts, the best place to go to find all of our latest updates and news surrounding the Laval Rocket, Habs Prospects, and the Montreal Canadiens. Also, uh, be sure you're subscribed to this podcast, uh, whether you're listening in the player on our website or if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, Just take a look down and make sure that you're subscribed to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode every Tuesday. Uh, And last but not least, if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcast or on Spotify, uh, we would really be grateful if you would take just a moment to rate the podcast. Um, you can do that uh, in iTunes. You can either rate the show in general or you can rate each episode on Spotify. You want to go to the main The Press Zone show page and you can rate the the program overall right from there. And we, we would really appreciate that. Uh, In this segment, we're just going to talk a bit about, uh, of course, the excitement going on in the NCAA right now is that uh, 
Yes, on the basketball side of things, it's Final Four uh, time, but for the hockey side of things, it's Frozen Four time, and uh, the four final teams are finally set. Uh, they have to wait a little bit to play. They actually don't play until next weekend. It's like an 11-day layoff or something like that in between uh, the, the finals of the regionals and the actual four-team Final Four uh, end of the tournament. Um, I blame the Bruins. Really? Yeah. You w- well, because it's at TD Garden, isn't That's it? Right. <laughs> Would you give any excuse to blame the Bruins? Yes, of course. Is it Brad Marchand's fault particularly? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, the whole organization. Yeah. Okay, I see. Well, um, you know, it's uh, unfortunate that uh, we saw some really great hockey action in all of the four regional. Uh, mini tournaments that took place this past weekend. Uh, one, of course, hosted in Allentown at the PPL Center where the Lehigh Valley Phantoms play. There was a, a group in Albany that was oh, unfortunately playing in front of a very sparse crowd. Uh, there was a regional in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, and I believe there was one in, was there one in Massachusetts as well? I think so. Um, but some, some of the games were really interesting. I mean, Rick, you were even watching in real time was it Notre Dame that won just before the end of regulation and then 40 minutes later they called it back and Yeah, it was bizarre. Overturned it. Everyone had left the building. <laughs> Notre Dame still won in overtime though. It was, they were like, "Fine, we'll do it again for real." Um, but it was a bittersweet weekend. Of course, um only four teams of all of those uh regional matchups advanced to the frozen four that meant that there were plenty who saw their season come to an end uh and jordan harris young jordan harris the much talked about jordan harris the last couple of seasons um did get eliminated he and his team did get eliminated from uh competition and um this was his senior year he's played uh for northeastern for four years and and had a he's posted on Twitter a, a very nice thank you to the fans and the program at the university and so forth. But as uh, was pretty strongly hinted about by Kent Hughes, uh, he did go ahead and sign a two-year ELC with Montreal. Uh, he joined the Canadians in Florida. And Rick, I believe that Kent Hughes said that it's going to be Martin St. Louis who's going to decide when young Jordan Harris is going to make his de- debut. That's right. Um, he's... Uh, you know, he's coming off being um, at, at peak uh, performance in, in his Northeastern year. Uh, they expected to go a bit, a bit further, um, as did Jordan Harris, but um, uh, that, that came to an end. So I would hope that, that uh, St. Louis doesn't wait too long to get him in. Uh, it's, just, it's just time to, to get nerves and, and to think. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, you want to get him into some practices and, and uh, so he can learn the system. Oh, wait a minute. There isn't a system. There isn't a system. <laughs> but, just go have fun. Um, uh, it, would be, it would be nice to see him in the lineup uh, sooner than later and uh, uh, let him um, adjust. The, the Canadians uh, have decided to to burn uh, a year of uh, his ELC uh, by, by including him in these games at the mm-hmm. end of the season. Um, they, there's a, a lot of, of expectations of him. Um, and, um, but I think Canadians fans should be happy that uh, um, he's, he signed on the dotted line and, and really all of that uh, um, angst about him not signing was kind of media driven. Um, there was never a word from Jordan Harris that 
Um, he he wasn't intending to sign. No, uh, he it, just wanted to finish school. He wanted to finish school. Uh, he turned down the Canadians' last uh, last uh, playoff drive um, and uh, and just wanted to go back to Northeastern for his first. Uh, for his fourth year, he wanted to be captain. He wanted to uh, graduate with his degree, did all of that. Um, and uh, now he's ready to make the jump to pro hockey and uh, start his NHL career. And when you consider what his sophomore and junior years of hockey at Northeastern were like during two years of the pandemic and either complete complete shutdowns with the program or shortened seasons or abbreviated seasons, no, you can't blame him for wanting to go back for his senior year and actually experience just a full, quote-unquote, normal season of hockey. And I'm, I'm glad for him that he decided to do that and that he and his parents had all said uh, education is very important to their family. So looking forward to seeing him. I agree with you. I hope he's in the lineup sooner rather than later. I'd love to see him in the lineup by the end of the week. Um, by the end, by the end of today's Tuesday, by the end, like by the end of this week, early next week, maybe over the weekend uh, at the very latest. So we will see, but I'm looking forward to it. It's a tough week for, for the Canadians. Uh, playing uh, Florida Panthers, then the Carolina Hurricanes, then the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. That, <laughs> that's go big or go Baptism home. by fire, <laughs> yeah, right. for sure. Um, but even though Jordan Harris's uh, collegiate career has come to an end, uh, the beat goes on for a couple of Habs prospects who did advance to the Frozen Four, both Brett Stapley advancing with Denver, Rhett Pitlick, yes, there's another Pitlick on the way, uh, advancing with Minnesota, Rick, and uh, it's going to be pretty exciting to see what they do uh, in the big tourney. Uh, the Canadians had seven prospects at the uh, the NCAA regionals. Uh, two have made it through, and and uh, and you, you listed them there, Rhett Pitlick with uh, Minnesota. Um, he was a fifth-round pick in, in 2019. Brett Stapley, a seventh-round pick in 2018. So um, good to see them uh, progressing. And, and this is going to mean a lot to their careers. Mm-hmm. Brett Stapley's in his fourth year uh, at Denver, and, and this will be a, 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 a real nice finish uh, before he turns pro. Absolutely. So uh, we will be looking forward to the Frozen Four next week, and it's always it's just college hockey is exciting hockey to watch. It really is. It's intense. Uh, there's a lot of energy behind it. Uh, and, and the Frozen Four is something pretty special to behold. So looking forward to to those games coming next weekend. Um, before we uh, remind you and, and give you a heads up on, on what the Rocket coverage will look like this week as they head out on the road, didn't want to uh, let uh, the opportunity go but opportunity to go by for us to just pay tribute to Eugene Melnick. Uh, Some shocking news around the hockey world uh, last night when uh, 62-year-old Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick uh, was announced uh, that he had passed after a a battle, a long battle with an illness, an an undisclosed illness. Um, Rick, it was just, it was very surprising uh, to hear. And I think that it's really, I think it really sent some pretty deep shockwaves throughout the entire hockey community. Really sad news. And, uh, you know, he, he, he brought such passion and, and a commitment to uh, Ottawa and, and uh, it was Don Cherry uh, on social media 
today said that without um, Eugene Melnick, in his opinion, there isn't hockey in Ottawa. And I think I think he's right there. Um, broad hockey and, and um, really is, you know... Um, as well as that, uh, was was really active as far as uh, uh, philanthropy and and uh, most recently uh, the fundraising he's done uh, for uh, uh, victims in Ukraine and uh, yeah, it, it really sad, sad, shocking news. And our thoughts and prayers are, are with his family. Absolutely. Um. With that, the Laval Rocket does play four games this week. They're out on a Western Canadian road trip. Uh, They will be playing tonight and tomorrow night in Manitoba against the Moose and then playing Saturday night and Sunday night in Abbotsford, um, a Pacific time. That's that's a first. Um, (laughs) Put the coffee on. A 10 p.m. start in the AHL for us East Coasters is unheard of. Um, And that's going to happen on Saturday. Um, These four games are going to be pretty interesting um, because obviously we're you know, we're at a point in the season where obviously every single point counts. Uh, when you look at the standings, the divisional standings, uh, the North Division race between second place and fifth place, um, which is the the top five teams in the North Division by points percentage are the ones who will uh, continue into the postseason. Uh, the points percentage differential between second place and fifth fifth place it, we're, we're talking hundredths of a point uh it's it's extremely tight and both manitoba's in the central division abbotsford's in the pacific division and both of them have a better points percentage record than the laval rocket currently do they are very good teams they are very competitive teams this is going to be a big four game test rick for for uh jf Uhl and his team and interesting that in the North Division, the Laval Rocket have the most games remaining, 17 games remaining for Laval. Uh, we remember that uh, at the beginning of the season, teams were allowed to choose whether they would choose 76 games or 72. Uh, Laval has chosen the smaller number, but given the way it's, the schedule has happened, uh, they have the most games remaining. So they're going to be busy, um, mm-hmm. and uh, especially with... With this Western trip, um, we're going to have to watch to see how the coaching staff uh, keeps the roster fresh. Absolutely. Uh, two faces, familiar faces, back in the lineup tonight, though, for, for J.F. Uhl. Uh Sammy Niku back from family leave. He he left, uh, went home to Winnipeg uh, to be with his wife, who was expecting the birth of their baby. Uh, we actually don't have any confirmation as of right now uh, that the newest edition has has been welcomed into the world yet. Uh, but Sammy Nico, of course, since uh, Laval is there in his hometown, he's back in the lineup tonight, uh, as well as Lucas Vedemo, who's been out for a better part of two months with injury. A really big sigh of relief and and great to see Lucas Vedemo back in the lineup. JF has been talking about how now, uh, you know, with... Uh, with Jean Sebastian D, Nate Schnarr, and and Vedemo now coming back, uh, and Belzeal should be coming back soon, uh, getting some real strength down down all four lines, uh, particularly at center uh, in the lineup. So it's uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, so be sure to follow our coverage at the AHL Report and AHLReport.com. Um, also, Rick, there's another episode of the Canadians Connection podcast coming up on Saturday. On Saturday. Uh, Chris G is going to join you for that one. Where has he been? 
I, was he on, been on vacation? Ma- Where, we was missed he in Chris. Florida? He must, I think he, he was in Florida. In Florida. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get him back in the studio yeah. on Saturday. Welcome him back. Absolutely. It'll be good to have him back in the studio. Um, and so if you are not subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast, that is hosted by Rick uh, and either uh, myself or Chris G or Michael Spinella every Saturday, uh, whereas the Press Home every Tuesday, we focus here mostly on the Habs prospects. Uh, whether they're playing in the NHL, they're at the AHL level, or they're in the NCAA or, or other leagues. Uh, the Canadians Connection podcast focuses 100% on the Montreal Canadiens. Lots of in-depth analysis, opinions, reporting. You don't want to miss that. Be sure you subscribe. CanadiansConnection.fm is the place to find that. And uh, the place you can find us again is right back here next Tuesday for another great episode of the press zone rick thanks so much for being here with me today thank you for guiding us through and we look forward to greeting all of you again next tuesday for another great episode of the press zone right here on rocket sports radio click subscribe to never miss an episode of the press zone on rocket sports radio visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects